All right. Welcome back to the Park Hills Podcast. In this episode, we're going to open up the book of Colossians and deal with just Colossians 1 at a very base level and talk about some of the things that we didn't have time to put in the sermon. Again, if you want to listen to sermons or podcasts or any of the other things that we're offering you, go to parkhillschurch.com and you'll find everything there. fruit and increasing. You know, the, the Genesis uh, idea is coming out there. Remember, be fruitful and multiply. And we get that a little different from the Septuagint, don't we? Yeah. I mean, what's what's interesting is we, we read it in Hebrew and we think uh, back in Genesis when God says, I want you, Adam and Eve, to go forth and multiply, right? I want you to be fruitful and multiply. That's the phrase we always hear. And I've heard that used of Christian groups of have lots of kids and do that sort of thing. Let's fill the earth with Christian babies as if our kids are automatically going to follow Jesus just because we have them. Like that, that's somewhat ridiculous. But what's funny is in the, the, the Hebrew then was translated into the Greek later on, and we call that the Septuagint. And a lot of scholars have noted that the disciples and Paul are oftentimes using the Septuagint translation as their base for what they said the Bible said. And so the Greek translation of, of Genesis one twenty eight uses almost the same wording as Paul does here. And so let me read the verse that what Paul says in Colossians 1, verse 6. He says, which has come to you, this is the gospel, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. And so that idea, if you were to read it in, in the Hebrew, you might say, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. And you're like, whoa. The, so the gospel is actually doing some of the work here. Like it's not, no longer are humans, you know, being told to just go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. But the gospel doesn't even need a command. It's just- Speaks being, of the gospel being alive. It, it, it totally is. And it's being fruitful and it's multiplying. And so this is something that I left out of the sermon because I would have gotten so passionate, I would have just gone on this 20-minute rant without ever actually- Teaching the sermon. No, you've never gone on a 20-minute rant. I don't uh, know what you're talking about. I, I appreciate you as a friend. <laughs> I just have to keep telling myself that. So, <laughs> No. So, yeah, the idea is here, you know, in the beginning of the Bible, we see humans being given a command. And now the gospel is, is fulfilling that command. It's being fruitful and it's multiplying, which really ties into lots of different scripture ideas, right? Yeah. So now if we're... Taking this and looking at it in light of the gospel, it's not be fruitful and multiply, go and have kids and fill, populate the earth. It's, it's no, uh, this gospel that's alive and moving and be fruitful. I, I can't think about being fruitful as a Christian without looking at, at Galatians and thinking of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there's no law. Uh, you know, I think so often when people wonder how their faith is or is is your faith growing or not, to me, this is a great way to look. It, it, are you bearing fruit, these fruits in your life? Um, right. Clearly, we've got the gospel fruit, and that's part of the reason why in our DDP, again, that's a description of a discipled person, one of the goals we have for people who 
are here at Park Hills is to bear fruit. We call it a life that bears fruit. And that's important, isn't it? We we want to we understand that, that we are part of the gospel movement that is alive and powerful and growing. Yeah. And it, it does work even when we don't feel like we're able, right? I mean, how many people have we worked with and talked to over the years who they just say, I'm not that good of a Christian. And then you start to look at their life and you go, yeah, but do you remember three years ago how unloving you were? They're like, oh yeah. Remember how you used to have a different outlook on life and you weren't very joyful? Oh yeah. And so you start to see the fruit growing in a, in a true follower of Jesus. That's why, we, that's why we added it to our DDP, a description of a discipled person, like you just said, is because when the fruit is growing within someone, you know that, you can see it. You know, Jesus says you will know them by their fruit. Paul brings this up over and over again, whether it's the fruit of the spirit here or elsewhere. And John keeps bringing up this language as, as well. But in Colossians 1, to say the gospel is, is going forth, it's being fruitful and multiplying. Yeah, that's pretty much what's happening is the fruit of the spirit, the, the gospel fruit is growing out of people. And then also uh, there's another way to look at it as well. And so we wanted to really deal with it in, in just kind of two big things. One is a, a corporate level. So Park Hills itself are we growing in the fruit? Are we, are we actually, as a corporate body, are we, are we more loving? Are we more joyful? Are we more patient, more kind than we, you know, than we used to be? Are we developing in that way? I, I would like just to judge church growth based on that trajectory because I think that will actually reach more people and people will actually come into the walls and be a part of what we're doing. But then I don't just want church growth on that level. I also want us to be thinking about multiplication. So the fruit of the spirit are growing within me, but how am I then passing it on other people? Yeah. And yeah, so go ahead. I, I think, you know, you and I've been to enough seminars that uh, the, the measurement of church, church growth is a, is, can be even a humorous uh, dialogue because obviously people always want to, you know, just count how many people are in the seats. Well, that, that, you know, that therefore our church is growing. Sadly, there can be very unhealthy churches when right. it comes to a biblical sense that grow and more and more people come and, and it's popular and it's maybe not the kind of growth we want. And so that's why this matters, this D, part of our DDP matters because we we don't want just people coming. We want people coming to faith. Right. We want people growing in their faith, learning how to share their faith, even if it's, you know, <laughs> Even if it's rocky, and the the beautiful part about the gospel being alive is that sometimes, as poorly as we might present it, it's a powerful thing, and that that's the fun part of that. But also, just like you said, that gradual growth. You know, I drove through an old neighborhood of mine just a few days ago with the kids, and and showed them some things, and. It was amazing to me to just look at these trees that were massive now, and they were really small a long time ago. And it reminds you, if you sat, if you sit and look at a tree, you don't see it grow, do you? Right. But you, you go away from it a little bit, look again. And I think hopefully you can look at your own personal faith that way. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you, you're impatient with the growth level that you have right now. But like you said a few minutes ago, if you if you're able to to look at what how you lived, how you thought, how you operated, uh, how committed you were, you know what you gave, how much you shared years ago, and compare it to now, hopefully there's no comparison. And hopefully, when you look at that list of the fruit of the spirit, you recognize, yeah, there's a lot more peace in me, or I'm a way yeah. more patient guy than I used to be, or 
uh, I have a gentle spirit now that was never in me before. And again, that's because it's growing, it's changing, and that's why it's so important to be tied into the spirit. Yeah. And, you know, we just, you just said that uh, healthy things grow, but not all things that have grown are healthy. Yeah. And how do you judge that based on the fruit? Mm-hmm. At the same time, things that aren't growing, I would say, are unhealthy. So just as we would say yeah. you can judge something by its fruit and tell that it's not healthy, if something has stopped multiplying, it's also equally not as healthy anymore, right? A dead tree isn't passing off seeds anymore. It's not going to make more trees come from it. And so that's one of the markers that we have as we you know, look at other church leaders or talk to them about their church and what's happening. If, if the church is not growing at all, there's a really good chance that that's a sign of unhealth. And the fact that it's not multiplying anymore would suggest that you know, either a major shift has to happen or something else is going on. So, and then it needs to be dealt with either closed and restarted, or it needs to move into a new phase of what it's supposed to be. So as a, as a corporate idea, growth is a marker of health one way or the other. And also multiplication is a marker of health one way or the other. But, yeah. but, but what defines both of those things is, is the spirit present and active? And is the spirit growing the fruit that you would expect the spirit to grow the fruit? Or is it, merely for a show or is it merely for something else or are we just saying we're still alive but we've been dead for you know decades and those are things that are tough for a church to deal with at, at a corporate level and then as we move from corporate it, corporates don't mean you know corporations don't mean anything if the individual parts aren't healthy so a church as a corporate thing park hills is a is a group of individuals but the fact that we are individuals, this command not only applies to us as a corporate level, but to us as individuals, right? You just said steady growth. We should be growing steadily as a church, but we should also be growing steadily as individuals within our church. And just as the church should be multiplying, I would suggest that we should be multiplying as well. Yeah, I mean, that Jesus saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. It's right there for us. It's so, and I think that if I may just jump off for a second too, I think that sometimes we in our personal faith get so focused on whether or not we are bearing fruit of the Spirit in our life, and maybe we'll share with people, but we don't think of multiplying enough. Right. So we spend a lot of our time focused on you know, on books and or books of the Bible that help us do better kind of a, a daily life and how, how to function well in this world. But we spend uh, not, not near enough time thinking about how are we multiplying? Who are we investing ourselves into? If you were in your small groups, you might have already had that discussion about some of the investments that Paul made that we see in Colossians. But it, that, that becomes a question then, too. Is my faith all just about me living my life well, which hopefully you are, and hopefully you're living better all the time? But who are you bringing with you? And maybe you you would be motivated by that discussion you had in small group of going, okay, yeah, this person brought me along Mm -hmm. or these people brought me along and here's here's how they did it. And hopefully in the same way that we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ as something not to keep for ourselves but something to be thankful for, we have that same mindset of, you know, I've learned how to live my Christian life well, learned how to share my faith. Now I want to teach somebody younger. I want to multiply in that way. So that's that individual part of that. But yeah, I like the the corporate discussion as well. And if you've been around Park Hills long enough, you've um, 
I'm sure Chris has annoyed you with his intensive things about we talk about about all we're gonna what we want to do. I'm just kidding there, but uh, he's not though. But no, I, <laughs> we we push hard to say okay, what what's next for Park Hills as a local church and. And that's why we consider what we're going to do. And that's why we have a campus in Winnebago. And we want that to grow. We want that to multiply. And we want to move west if we can and south or north, wherever we can. We want to reach different ethnic groups if we can. And and that's something we always ha- want to have before us. And frankly, that's a great way to judge the health of a church. Are we multiplying not just people within our our single area, our local group, but are we multiplying outside of those areas as well? And it's a beautiful thing because the command in Genesis 1, go forth, be fruitful, multiply, can become something that overwhelms some folks if they're either not able to have kids or they haven't gotten married, and they might feel like I've completely not been a part of this command. I'm not doing what God called us to do because I'm not actually going forth, being fruitful, and multiplying. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up for this particular passage is what Paul's saying here is the gospel is doing the job. So you and I can jump into that with or without multiplying through children. So let me say this to you really clearly. You don't have to have more children to effectively multiply and fill the earth. That's a relief. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that message came to you too late and you needed less children. No, I'm just kidding. That's not fair. But there is no barrier. There's nothing stopping you from jumping into kingdom work. You know, if you are a, a widow, you can still multiply. If you are a, uh, you know, someone who has gotten married, but you either ha- don't have a desire to have children because you have strong opinions about that, or you haven't been able to have children, welcome to kingdom service. There's nothing stopping you from still multiplying and still steadily growing Being fruitful. and passing it on. And so this is why we encourage people to be children's leaders, why we encourage people to be youth leaders. This is why we want small group leaders. This is why we want people stepping up to help their small group leaders so that they can go start their own small group in a year or two. We want you thinking through your life as a, as a, as a stage of multiplication. If, if you're living a healthy Christian life, you should be bearing fruit personally and corporately. And then not only that, but as you bear fruit, and that comes in stages, there's, there's years that are fruitful and years that yeah. aren't. That's just like a normal plant, right? But at the same time, you need to multiply. So that might be, oh, I haven't met my neighbors yet. I need to meet them and get, help them get to know Jesus. And then, oh, they came to Christ. Now I need to bring them to church to disciple them. No, you can disciple your neighbors. Now bring them to church still. I'd love to have them here. But you're just as responsible for yeah, discipleship as you and I are. And so this is why we get so passionate about this. It's this thing of, man, there's nothing stopping you from joining kingdom work. And what Paul's saying here is the gospel is going forth and multiplying. So we should jump in on that as well. I want to stop for a second and just speak to what a privilege it is and um, an honor it is to be part of multiplying people for the kingdom. And, Hopefully, if you've been following Jesus, you've had opportunities to lead people to Christ. And what, what an incredible moment. Um, and, and just as fulfilling, if not equally fulfilling, is that idea of walking them along in the faith and mm-hmm. seeing them grow. And I'm going to sound old here for a minute. We all know I'm not. Uh, but <laughs> I, I've lived long enough to find such joy in seeing people that God let me have a part in their development, but 
getting joy out of seeing what they're doing and how God's using them. Uh, I even had a phone call this morning that was just super joyful for me to just listen to what to what God's doing. And, and that, I, I might be going out on a limb here, but I think it's more fun to hear about spiritual grandchildren than, than spiritual children. I'm not sure. I have to think that one through, but it's cool because it, it, it's just seeing the joy and hearing the joy of other people being able to minister to other people and, and people getting it. And, and Park Hills, we want you to get it. We know that many of you do, and that's why Park Hills is such a, a great uh, body of believers. But for those of you who haven't been there, if you haven't gotten out of your outside of your own skin, outside of your own faith, and aren't doing this, you are missing out. I don't know how to say it different than that. I don't want I mean, this is not to shame you. It's not. Right. To, it, it's to motivate you, and it's to say to hold a, a carrot out in front of you, if not if nothing else, to say this is where our spiritual life, I believe, ignites. It goes from, yes, I'm saved, I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die, to this is why I want, I want to be in that holy city we talked about in Revelation. That's why I want to be in the presence of God, because all of a sudden, this is taking off, this is getting really real, and I'm doing things that used to scare the life out of me to share my faith with somebody, or I'm, or I'm trusting that God can use me in spite of my faults, in spite of my weaknesses, all those things, to, to make a difference in somebody else's life. And when that starts to happen, and then you see them doing that somewhere else, man, mm-hmm. there aren't words. No, there's not words, and that's that we're both speechless by those moments, which then leads to, is Park Hills growing and multiplying? And we are a very healthy church. It's by far the healthiest church I've ever worked for, and I think you feel the same. Mm-hmm. And there's so much going on that's so beautiful and so amazing. And in the, we've been talking about it for years, but we have multiple plans to multiply. Now we're mm-hmm. trusting the Lord to bring us the right people at the right time. We get impatient. <laughs> I do. You get impatient. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm impatient as well. I would love for us to be further along in this process than we are, but you also can't rush discipleship, right? It's a, it's a long, slow journey. It doesn't always go in a straight line. People step forward and then they just drop off the face of the earth for a while. Then they come back and it's discipleship is difficult. But when I look at Park Hills, we are further along in this journey than we were seven years ago. Yeah. We have multiplied yep. a campus. We have a culture that's beginning to develop that says, I want to multiply more. I want to see more of this happening. We've got some things on the horizon that we're pretty excited about as possibilities. Uh, you Those know, are secret, Chris. Don't not, let them We're know. not telling anybody yet. But there are things that we're just praying through and watching and and. The Lord's providing some really unique possibilities and some pathways might be opening right now. And that shows that we're healthy, that we're able to make those steps, to make those yeah. things happen when we need to. At the same time, we won't be healthy and, gr- and growing and multiplying like we should be if you don't take the individual responsibility to join us in this. Mm-hmm. So as we look at, for example, a, a, a prayer effort that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks and things like that, we're, we're encouraging us as a church to just join us in the process as we've individually thought about what it looks like for us to grow and multiply, for you to join us in that so that our church has a healthy culture of growing mm-hmm. and multiplying so that it's ready to go. And so that might mean that some of you have to step up and go, yeah, I love Freeport Campus but I don't love free work campus more than doing the kingdom's work somewhere else. And that's going to be hard for us to lose some folks who go start another campus for us and with us. 
but it'll be just as exciting for all of us to celebrate a new area of Northern yeah. Illinois being reached for the gospel because people were faithful to listen to what God had in store. So we're not asking you to, to step out if you don't feel called to, but if you're not listening to the spirit and if you're not bearing fruit in your own personal life, you're probably missing out on what God has for you anyway. And once you start to listen to the spirit, once you start bearing fruit a little bit, you're probably going to get pulled into realms that you're not comfortable with, right? You might serve as a youth leader for a while and then realize this was fun, but I would love to plant a church. You know, I would love to join you guys in this or that or the other thing, or here's a leader that I would love to become a part of. Uh, so, so that's it. That's the, that's the beginning steps of what we're talking about corporately as we talk about growing and multiplying. But then the question that we would ask is individually, are, are you growing and multiplying, right? There might be a little bit of uneasiness rising in your soul as we talk about this, a little bit of I can't do this, even as Chris introduced the um, prayer devotional guide we're going to take you through and encouraging you to journal and things like that. You, there might be a part of you that, well, that's for better Christians than I am, or that's the kind of stuff pastors do. Can I just encourage you for a minute that all of our staff, our elders, and our, our pastors feel that same way often? And, and I'm looking forward to what how I grow in that mm-hmm. and for those of you who think that pastors are just there, we've already arrived. No, this is this is a growth time for us to do together, and that's part of what is fun. It, that's that church family part is we're doing this together, and that's part of why we're excited about this initiative, along with the other things that we're going to be introducing. Is that we are a church, and it's not. Please don't attend a church thinking the pastors are going to just do everything for you. It's going to be done. No, we are. Uh, we're all in this together on this journey of faith. And pulling each other along, showing the way, and and uh, and blessing each other as we watch God move in ways only He can. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true, and it is a challenge, and it's difficult. And even for us, we look at it and go, I, "I'm not capable," but God uses it and does amazing things. Yes, He does. So, kind of a final couple thoughts. You know, discipleship starts first with the family. And then it moves outside of that to the spheres of influence. And so one of the things I've talked to youth pastors about as we've mentored them over the years, you know, I'll say, who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? And they'll write down three names of youth kids that they're discipling. And I'm like, where's your wife on that list? Where's your kids on that list? And they go, oh, yeah. Discipleship starts at home, and then it moves outside of here. And I've, I've loved watching you bring uh, all of the, the many, many children that you've brought into your home. Uh, many, many, many children. There you go again. And, and watching them, yeah, I know. And watching them start to learn what it looks like to love the Lord and to walk with the Lord. And I know that that's my greatest privilege is, is getting a chance to show my kids what it really looks like to follow the Lord. And we have a lot of challenging conversations in that, you know, moments of, of, of fear there where I'm going, am I doing a good enough job? Am I ever really going to accomplish what I want to accomplish? But there's a beauty in that, discipling our family and then moving outside of that sphere to our neighbors. I know you have a passion for your neighbors. We move to a new community, and I'm already getting to know them and, and digging into their lives, and they're a little uncomfortable with me being a pastor. They're not sure what to make of me yet. I, I love those moments, and I love having a chance to see the fruit of the Spirit grow in my heart and in my life, pass on to them, and then see the evangelistic fruit, the, you know, the going forth, bearing fruit, and multiplying that the gospel does and, and pulling that in, which is really why Paul's rejoicing. Right. Yeah. This sermon deals with Paul giving thanks and being excited about what is happening outside of the prison walls. And the reason why he's rejoicing is because he knows that the work is going on without him. And I can't tell you a greater joy for a pastor than to know that the work is going on outside of them. Right. Yeah. 
we, yeah. we hope that this little tiny podcast and these little sermons that we do and these little moments that we have with folks, our greatest joy is watching those things then take off and bear fruit and multiply in a way yeah. that we can't even imagine. Yep. Amen. So may we have a ton to rejoice in. That's our hope in the future. And so hopefully you'll join us in that and be praying with us and, and moving with us as we, we go forth, bear fruit and multiply as a church. Let's go. All right. Thanks for listening.